Did you know that the term nano is originated from the Greek word nanos, which means dwarf? It is a prefix used to describe something very, very small. That is why the science of the miniature is the nanotechnology. For it works on a scale 1000 times smaller than anything that can be seen with an optical microscope. Yet, nanotechnology has the power to lead some of the biggest scientific endeavors and disruptive innovations across a myriad of application areas. This is not science fiction. This is today's science, coupled with engineering towards a promising future. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Crosstalks, a podcast series by the UTOS and Portugal program that will walk you through the wonders of science business collaboration. We'll be exploring emerging topics in areas of advanced computing, medical physics, nanotechnologies, space earth interactions, and technology innovation entrepreneurship as we delve into the program's groundbreaking, industry-driven research projects. You have probably guessed it by now. In this episode, we'll be exploring the great, wonderful world of nano. Nanotechnology is one of the most promising, novel fields of technological development, though its foundations go back to the late 1950s and the Nobel laureate, the physicist Richard Feynman. At the nanoscale, scientists are creating disruptive solutions for some of the world's biggest challenges. The list is rather extensive. But just to give you a glimpse of what nanotechnology is delivering, think of nanosensors to remotely monitor cancer patients at high risk of relapse, or nanotechnology-enabled filters to remove contaminants from the water, or even nanosensors in food packaging to indicate whether the food is pathogen-free. What is really special about working at the nanoscale is see that matter acquires different and unique properties, such as higher strength, lighter weight, increased conductivity or chemical reactivity, and these are particularly relevant to a wide range of applications. An example of nanotechnology yielding very good results can be found in the machining tool industry, catering to space and automotive industries. Fabricating parts of cars and planes is hard on cutting tools and wears them down. Additionally, Increasing requirements on high-speed and dry-cutting applications lead to higher demands on the quality of cutting-tool materials. As such, the development of nanocomposites for machining tools has been receiving a great deal of attention from both researchers and industry professionals, for they have proven successful in increasing the wear resistance and tool life. This brings us to the Transatlantic MC Tool 21 project, a three-year industry-led research project supported by the UTOS in Portugal program that targets the premature degradation of cutting to materials through an innovative, optimized cutting system using nanocomposites and new simulation tools. But who better to explain the innovative approach behind this project than the experts working on it? Today, our guests are Gregory Rodan from UT Austin, Philippe Fernandes from the University of Coimbra, and Filippo Mangolini from UT Austin. They will tell us all about this project, so stay tuned! Thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Filippe, Gregory, and Philippe, how are you doing? Fine. I'm doing well. Fine. Thank, Thank you. So, a nanometer is one billionth of a meter. This is very hard to grasp for most of us. 
But scientists find it exciting, chilling, futuristic. But Philippe, what is so exciting about nanoscience and nanotechnology? How far can they actually lead us? Uh, well, um, I mean, there, there are different ways in which we can approach this topic from from a scientific standpoint, what is very intriguing is the fact that we can manipulate the properties of materials by tuning the size of, 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 the, of the shape and the shape of, of the features that you're dealing with. And of course, from a scientific point, it's very intriguing because there are new phenomena we are approaching and we are discovering from, but from a technological standpoint, we can also exploit these new phenomena to build uh, new devices for a number of applications from, from uh, nanomedicine to catalysis, chemical sensing, plasmonic, and as well as, as manufacturing and machining as in this project. So the, the application are a variety and of course, this is providing scientists and engineers with a new toolbox for developing new technologies across a broad range of applications. And to give you a concrete example, um, if we all know hard disk drives and which we use every day in, 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 in our computers and so forth. And we all remember, uh, or some of us remember two, three decades ago where hard disk drives uh, were, were humongous and they were not able to contain so much information as nowadays. And these developments over the year has exactly been, uh, been achieved thanks to the miniaturization of components, including in hard disk drives, that allowed us to include and store much more information uh, while decreasing also the size of um, the disguise itself. So nanotechnology is all around us. And I think we, we do have a lot of work which we can do developing new materials and new devices. Thank you, Philippe. So that is very interesting. And it's clear, clear that nanotechnology intersects and unifies many scientific fields. And it can also be regarded as a general purpose technology with a huge and widespread impact on countless application areas, right, Gregory? So how is industry in particular benefiting from nanotechnology? Well, I think that's omnipresent really in many industrial applications. Of course, one obvious example would be medicine. I think that methodologies for drug deliveries uh, have been revolutionized by nanotechnology. For example, treatment of kidney stones that was done traditionally by ultrasound, which could be painful and somewhat destructive to the organs, can be replaced with nanoscale vehicles uh, that deliver medication at the right place. On the other extreme, you can take the oil and gas industry, which is very traditional, very old, and uh, quite conservative as far as changing its ways. But there is absolutely no doubt that energy applications in that industry are very much affected by nanotechnology, uh, developing new fluids, new ways of uh, exploration. And of course, uh, since we talked about the energy sector, the batteries, lithium batteries, 
have dramatically affected our lives. And the examples range from our computers, cell phones, and of course, cars. You're part of the Transatlantic Consortium, MC221, a three-year industry-driven research project that is using nanocomposites in coatings to circumvent the premature degradation of cutting to materials used to manufacture aircrafts and cars. Philippe, can you explain to our listeners how acute this problem your project is trying to solve is and how groundbreaking the MC221 solution will be? Uh, what we are trying to do is to develop new solutions uh, to machine titanium alloys. So, for example, in specific case of uh, aeronautic and automobile industries, uh, these uh, titanium alloys are being used on the structural parts. Why? Because this material is very light and they have, uh, is robust and they have very good strength properties. Well, there are a problem with this material, which is uh, it is very difficult to machine material. Why? Because of their intrinsic properties. So first, uh, their thermal conductivity is very low, which means when we are machining, the temperature developed on the, the contact is very high. And second, because it's extremely reactive with the tool uh, which we are using in the contact, uh, making what we call build-up edges, and which often leads to the failure of this uh, component. So on this project, how do we want to, to develop these uh, cutting tools? Is through uh, the application of a new coating system, which we call self-lubricant coating. So if you look back some years ago, how can we increase machining performance of these alloys is by the use of liquid lubrication. However, there are some environment concerns with use of this liquid lubrication. Uh, and there are some pressing to remove them from, from the market. market. Above this, they are also very hard to disposal, and therefore uh, this, this uh, solution is now uh, uh, trying to be pushed out from, from the market. So the solution will be uh, remove this from the market and uh, propose new solutions. Of course, that if you look in the literature and if you go in the industry, there are already some solutions which allows to improve the machinability of, of these alloys as for example, the development of uh, new base materials with higher thermal conductivity, the use of cryogenic cooling, uh, the, the acquisition of the vibrations of, and the temperature on the top contact and in situ uh, adjust machining parameters. But the application of coating seems to be uh, the best solution to, to extend the lifetime of these tools. Of course, up to now, the, the developed solutions which we have in the market is to work under lubrication conditions, but as these lubrication conditions should be removed, we should find solutions which remove these liquid lubricant solutions from, from the market. And one of these solutions is the development of self-lubricant coatings. What is a self-lubricant coating? Is a coating uh, which combines the properties of the previous coatings which are being used on this industry, with some soft elements or lubricant elements which diffuse to the surface and provides a, a, a lubricious layer uh, on the contact. And in that case can decrease the temperature during machining whilst also provide lubrication and, uh, and increasing the lifetime uh, uh, of, of, this, of this tool. 
Well, uh, these are the, the materials that you want to develop, are coatings. And uh, the idea here on the project is also, so normally these coatings are developed by trial error uh, experiments. And here we bring some simulation tools. So you have one group uh, dedicated to atomistic simulation. Why? Because it's important to understand how this uh, lubricious element, which should be in the bulk of the coating, should diffuse to the surface, or should be the structure of these coatings. And on the other end, there are another group uh, exper with ex experts on the finite element modeling, uh, which should uh, which should provide us some uh, finite element model, which can uh, optimize the shape of the tools and uh, predict the proper machining parameters in such a way that these uh, machining tools can uh, properly machining, machine these elements. Thank you, Flip. So Flip, I understand that DMC221 is anchored on a previous exploratory research project, also supported by the UTS in Portugal in phase two of the program, the Control Lab project. So how decisive this exploratory research work was to encourage you to move forward with a three-year research uh, project? Well, that was very important. Uh, I should highlight here that uh, that exploratory project started with the proposal of a PhD thesis. So when we decided to go ahead then with this exploratory project. Of course, the idea here was to develop some materials which could provide this lubrication and extend the lifetime of this machining tool. So we contact someone in Austin, which could help us to, to analyze in nanoscale these materials, and we ran the project. At the same time, during the preparation of that project, we also had some support of already Innova Tools company, which is the leader of the current project. So he could not be there as a partner, but we already had support of him by giving us uh, some informations and some substrate. So during the execution of the project, we got very interesting results. Uh, this diffusion of the, the, the elements which provide lubrication to the contents was achieved. We also proved that the materials that we developed avoided what is important for machining these alloys, the, the formation of these built-up edges. And when we present these results to the enterprise, they said as immediately. So this is a, a market where we should stay. So it's a growing market and we need to be competitive uh, on, on this, uh, on the machining of these alloys. So they immediately said that they would like to proceed for uh, industrial project in such a way that these materials could be as upscaled and in such a way that these machining tools uh, could be produced at industrial scale. Thank you. So just for our listeners to understand, Innova Tools is a small, medium-sized company located in Portugal and part of a large German tool production company. So do you think, Flip, that this research project will impact the company's market competitiveness? Will it create any competitive advantage in your perspective? Yes, sure. So Innova Tools uh, say that this is a, a really uh, a market where they should stay. So it's a growing market. If you see these cars and aerospace vehicles, they, they start to be done in this 
very hard to difficult uh, machine materials and they want to be in the market uh, to compete and to have new uh, portfolio products uh, in such a way to solve these uh, machining problems. Of course, that, their idea with these products is to increase their sales and also compete with other tool producers like the ones which are in China, which normally produce, produce components cheaper than us in Europe or in USA. Thank you. So I'm curious, uh, Philippe, are there any significant barriers in the development of this newly efficient green coating system you are developing? There, there are, um, it's the first time for me to work in, in, in such a big um, project with multiple uh, researchers from academia and also to have a strong component coming from, from the industrial side. Of course, there are some challenges. There are some novelties for me as an academic. Um, first and foremost, we, also, we always have to, to keep in mind that um, we want to deliver the information to the company and making sure that what we uh, develop and study from an academic side can be translated to, uh, to, the industrial, um, to the industrial application itself. And of course, the challenge is that here you are dealing with multiple uh, professors and academic researchers across different uh, countries uh, with different backgrounds. Um, not only cultural, but also um, educational backgrounds. So uh, it's sometimes it's challenging to speak the same language. Um, the, the classical example is physicists and chemists back in the past where they could not understand each other. Uh, we are not at that stage anymore, but we could understand much better each other. But again, there are differences uh, in the way we approach science and we do things, some more scientific, some more engineering. And of course, we are trying to, to work all together and to complement each other. So um, I, think, I think after the first few meetings where we understood each other better, uh, now we are a little bit more oiled and there is less friction, let's say, um, and we do understand what each other is doing and, and we, we can certainly complement what each other is doing in, in their own field. This project relies on an international consortium bringing together different types of partner and crossing several disciplines, material science and engineering, computational engineering. What are the most challenging and most rewarding aspects of working with a transnational team with different profiles, Gregory? Well, I guess one of the more rewarding aspects, unfortunately, could not be realized under the current circumstances is because we have the pandemic, right? I certainly enjoy talking to my colleagues in Portugal and was planning to come for a visit and, uh, and I hope I'll do it one day. But I guess that's the social side of the project, which is actually always very important in a big project. I think from the technical side, what is rewarding is basically taking all the science that is kind of there, but it just exists as a bunch of loose pieces there, interesting, but they're kind of somewhat artistic, trying to put it all together and create not only a predictive tool, but try to help the company to push this tool towards uh, real application, market, 
and uh, things like that. I find this uh, extremely rewarding and unique for academic projects. Thank you. Felipe, Thank you. would you like to add anything? Well, uh, I agree with the comment of Philip and Greg. So this in the beginning was uh, really challenging to understand each other's. And the, the objective here is clear, uh, try to develop these new solutions for the company, or at least at least help air to uh, reach these new markets and uh, develop new products in such a way that the enterprise can be competitive. You mentioned that there are the solutions in the market. So can you explain me what really differentiates your project from already available solutions? As Felipe said before, a lot of the machining and manufacturing processes that have been um, developed so far have relied on uh, metal working fluid. So the use of the fluid has been critical in a lot of machining processes. Um, moving away from that metal working fluid is challenging because of the conditions that developing on the machining tool uh, workpiece interface. And that requires a lot of development from the material science uh, part. And that's exactly what our approach is in this case. So um, a lot of already coatings have been used and applied to machine tools, including very hard coatings such as diamond and so forth. So very, very hard material with high strength, mechanical strength. But I think the novelty here is to use an adaptive coating that can develop and, and the, the, the phase at, at, at exactly at this lining interface that is required to decrease friction. So provide lubrication purposes or lubrication properties and allowing of course to, to improve the machining process itself. So to improve the, the manufacturing uh, throughput um, and, and while maintaining also of course the, the possibility to machine titanium alloys, which are very, very difficult to machine. I have one last question. How important was the UTS in Portugal program in helping you bring the MC Tool 21 project to life? It was uh, really important. So we could find partners here in uh, Portugal and Europe, which could create the consortium, but it's not easy to find the financial support. So. By this call, we could easily found uh, top researchers on different topics, atomistic simulations, finite element modeling, tribology. And with that, we could join uh, great scientists, which could do a good job and could really help the, the, the enterprise to develop this, this new product. Thank you. Gregory, would you like to add anything? Well, to put it simply, this project would not have existed without this program, right? Uh, obviously, the financial support is critical, but also this opportunity to look for partners in Portugal, and, uh, and those partners were extremely well equipped because uh, there was a company, right, that set a very challenging and uh, critical, uh, commercially critical goal uh, to develop new tools. And I think this is just the beginning because 
what is happening with this methodologist, uh, we will expand the library of materials that can be processed. And those are remarkably challenging material to process in any other means, and they required for high-end applications where machine uh, uh, machining precision is absolutely critical. And so I think it's a it's a phenomenal opportunity that cuts across uh, many disciplines, but also cuts across from uh, very fundamental scientific research to commercial realization of uh, the products. Great. Thank, Thank you very much, Philippe, Gregory, and Filippo. It was very nice to chat with you today. And we can't wait to hear more updates on your project. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. Great. Thank you very much, Felipe, Gregory, and Flip. It was very nice to chat with you today. We cannot wait here for more updates on your project. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Crosstalks. If you have enjoyed it, and even if you didn't, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure to subscribe and leave a review. For additional content, follow us at UT Portugal on Twitter or visit utaustinportugal.org. The MC Tool 21 Project Consortium brings together SMU Innova Tools Portugal, the University of Coimbra, the University of Minho, and the University of Texas at Austin. The project is co-financed by the European Regional Development Fund through Portugal 2020 and the Regional Operational Program Centre 2020 and North 2020, and the Portuguese Foundation for Science and Technology through UT Austin Portugal. The total eligible investment is around 1.61 million euros, with a public funding of approximately 1.52 million euros. The UT Austin Portugal program is a partnership program in science and technology between the Portuguese Foundation for Science and Technology and the University of Texas at Austin, supported by the Ministry of Science, Technology and Higher Education in close collaboration with the Council of Rectors of Portuguese Universities.